Welcome to Grow Your Influence, leadership conversations for business owners and managers. Whether you own a business and have a team, or leadership is part of your role, welcome, you're exactly where you need to be. Join co-hosts Juliet Robinson and Christy Lee Billet for their regular conversations on all things leadership. No corporate jargon, no textbook ideologies, just real life experience unpacked in a relaxed way to help you be your best boss and lead your team with confidence, clarity, and control. This is Grow Your Influence. Let's dive in. Christy Lee, we're back. Hi. We're back for another episode. How are you, Juliet? I'm well. How are you going? Yeah, really, really good at the time of recording. It's a Friday afternoon and despite hey. lockdown, Friday afternoons are always fun. <laughs> I know, although I did get up this morning thinking, what day is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had that experience. Thank yes. goodness for homeschooling. It keeps me on track as to what day it is. You still get a weekend, I think, yes. which is the important bit. Yes, um, absolutely. So in this episode, we're talking about your first leadership role. Mm. So what was your first role, Christy? Oh, this is a great question. Look, I, um, I'd had some leadership roles in my early days in retail and hospitality. So I, I did this typical thing where I worked at McDonald's and mm-hmm. I did leadership roles there. And, you know, I thought I was pretty good at it. I thought it came naturally to me. Um, and, you know, I just rolled with it. That was all fine. But I remember my first real leadership role um, and I was working for a consultancy business and I was pretty young I was maybe 21 or 22 and I stepped into the role of leading the business whilst the owner was on maternity leave and it was a rude awakening as to my lack of leadership skills I remember one day sitting there and one of the ladies I was meant to be leading and supervising was literally filing her nails and refusing to answer the phone which was ringing off the hook and I was shocked that firstly someone would do that obviously but secondly that I really didn't know what to Mm. say to her through my shock to get her on board and in that moment I realized that I didn't I was never equipped with the skills of leadership and I needed to go and learn them. Um, Mm. What about you? Where was your first leadership role? Well, my first serious one was when I was offered um, the opportunity to set up an adventure travel company on the basis that I'd been working for an African travel company. Um, And a bit like you, I I thought I was doing okay for a little while there, but the reality was I had no idea what (laughs) I was doing. And these people had basically just offered me some money and they had a sort of shop front that was going begging in the city um, and they wanted to buy a job, I think, for one of their children. Uh, right. Um, and I think I lasted about six months before I actually said that's enough. Yeah. And then I was offered the opportunity to set up an African travel business and I took some of the things I'd learnt. But, again, I remember having a really young workforce and they would have these sort of disputes because they thought they all had to be best friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be tearing my hair out just going, what? You know, I thought we were doing really well and working really well together, but suddenly there's all this stuff going on. And, and yes, and that's when I went back to study. And I just, I do remember sitting in those lectures doing my MBA, just thinking, oh, oh, that's why that didn't work. Yeah. Or that's what I need to do. So I went and did a a short course with the Australian Institute of Management in Leadership. And it was, I still Mm. recommend this course to people today because it was really you know low investment from both time and money for the business it was two days face to face and it was targeted towards people that were stepping into their first 
leadership role. Yeah. And I learned so much in those two days about what I wasn't doing, what I should be doing, also some of the things that I actually was doing, and it, 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 mm-hmm. and which was nice and reaffirming, but I learned so much about how to communicate better in, mm-hmm. and step into that leadership role in communicating, why people perhaps weren't listening to me because of how and yeah. what I was saying. There was yeah. just so much that um, that you learn when you actually go and invest in that. But for both of us, it took us to say, hold on, we don't have these skills, we're going to go and acquire them for ourselves I don't think that that happens with a lot of people who step into leadership roles within a business. Would you agree? Totally agree. And I think so often what I see is people are um, given leadership roles because a fantastic engineer yes. or a great something and they're doing really well on that front and so they're sort of this team of seven or something, you know, and they're all yours, you know, make it happen. And I see these poor people just lose all of their confidence often yes because they know what to do technically yep but to bring these people with them they find incredibly difficult and and they go from being really what they do to feeling that i yes. think that's such a difficult place to be Absolutely. I remember years ago, I was working with a team of radiotherapists and these people were literally the best and brightest in their field. And and this is a field of very highly intelligent people working in extraordinarily difficult conditions with cancer patients. And I was talking with one Mm. of the the RTs who had stepped into a state management role, so a really big leadership role. And it was a huge step up for her. And I remember going through the recruitment process. It was always going to be an internal applicant. And discussing with her, is this really what you want? Because you could see that she was uncomfortable Mm. with the leadership. And she took the role thinking it was the only option for her to grow her career. And about six or 12 months in, was talking to me and saying, I don't love this. In fact, I hate it. And it it did exactly what you just said. It totally crushed her confidence. And she was an excellent operator and had lots of very, you know, high-level technical clinical skills. But the her inability to succeed in the leadership role, partly because of a lack of training and development and partly because she didn't love it and didn't want to do do it, just crushed her confidence across the board. And I really applauded her for standing up and saying, I don't want to do this anymore um, without feeling like she needed to step backwards in any way because I think she realised it wasn't her. And I think this is something that we get wrong so often. Just because someone's technically brilliant doesn't mean they want a leadership role in the first place. We gift it to them thinking it's some kind of um, reward without sometimes asking, actually, do you want this type of advancement? Is this where you want your career to go? Because not everyone wants to be a leader. I think that's such, I was just reading Patrick Lencioni's new-ish book called The Motive the other day, Mm. and it really reminded me um, of a friend years ago when our children were in primary school together. And my daughter is one of those born leaders. She just likes to be in control of everything. And she's out there and she's a joiner and she certainly was in primary school. And this friend's son wasn't so much. He's a very gentle soul. And I remember she said to me one day, I was telling him he needed to do something. He's just turned around and said to me, Mum, we can't all be leaders. And I know, and I was thinking about that yesterday, just thinking, that's such a great insight, you know, that he doesn't want to be a leader. Yep. And I think you're right. I think so often we think that's where we have to go. And if we're not wanting to be a leader, then we're not ambitious enough or we yes. don't care enough or something like that. And I think, 
years ago when I first started consulting, I was working with an organisation and they developed two career paths. And one was a leadership path and one was a technical specialist path. Oh, I love that. So did I. And I was helping them put that in place across their workforce. And it was such a great thing because you could see people in the workforce almost visibly relaxing. Yeah. When you said to them, you don't have to have a team to be a success here. Yes. You can just stay on your technical fabulous path and do your thing and mm. excel at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not going to fall behind in terms of how you work with your peers or how you're rewarded yeah. or how we view you. Yeah. I think that is brilliant. That mm. is one of the smartest initiatives I think I've ever heard. And if more businesses could create that, yeah. I think it would be actually much better for them as businesses, but they're also going to retain better people because yeah. people ultimately leave if the only option for them is leadership and they don't want it or don't feel they've got the skills for it. So I, I agree. It's very interesting. So, okay, so if we've got someone moving into a leadership role, the first thing mm. we want to do is actually make sure they want that leadership role. I think that has to be first. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yes, mm. and then we've got to set them up to succeed. Yeah. I think is the next bit, isn't it? Really, because it doesn't come naturally. People mm. think that you just get into a leadership role and you'll just learn the reins and figure it out as you go. But I think that's a really unfair expectation on people. Totally. Some people will naturally do better, and and that's yep. totally fine. But I think across the board, we shouldn't expect that. Someone's going to become a great leader just because they're in a leadership role because we don't expect someone to become a great engineer just because they're in an engineering role. Yeah. So I think we've got to arm them with the skills. And I guess for me that could be formal training or it could be, you know, on-the-job support. It could be whole different things. It it could be doing, you know, a leadership course. I know someone on this podcast who has her own leadership course, Julia. Yay. So, you know, it is yeah. so many options out there. How do you think we can best arm our new leaders with the right skills to, to be able to be great leaders? Look, I'm definitely biased. I mean, that's why I set up my leadership course because I saw so many um, smaller businesses struggling with this. And, I, you know, what I see is that in larger corporate organisations, Getting that leadership development is just a natural part of career progression. If you stick around long enough, you'll be sent on a leadership course. Yeah. You know, that's just the way it is. <laughs> You've got to spend small, that training budget somewhere. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in smaller businesses, it's just not like that. But I do think, I think you're totally right. I think if we want our people to succeed and we're going to put them in leadership roles, we have to give them at the very least a measure of self-awareness, mm. you know, and an awareness of working with diversity, and I think some skills around all of that stuff before they even get into the broader leadership skills, at the very least, we have to give them some of that. So I think there's a real uh, role f- for that. And maybe it is, as you say, going off on a two-day course or getting them lined up with other young leaders in their profession or, mm-hmm. you know, finding something that's aligned to their industry or profession might be a good thing yeah um but i think i think if we don't do that we set them up to fail from the start Uh, i totally agree i think if you if you want to progress people into leadership you have to be willing to invest in that progression and it's on your shoulders as the business owner Mm. or the or the current leader to do that because the Mm. whole point of this is succession planning so that you don't have to always be doing everything yourself yes um and if you prepare you know we're often prepared to invest in training and other things technical things yeah t skills 
this should be done different. And there's so many pathways and options. You know, you don't have to go and do the MBA Juliet did or do the two-day mm. course I did. You can tap into courses and memberships and, and totally. micro-learning opportunities and figuring out, you know, it might be talking to them and saying, we want to support you. We want to give you the training. How do you want to participate in that? And they might prefer training that is separate from work, outside of hours, where mm. no one at work knows that they're seeking this training and development, yes. or they may yeah. want it to be more intense and everyone's going to be different. Um, so it's finding the right mix and method for the individual, I think, as well. I think it's also partly about having that really upfront discussion about when you're putting somebody in a leadership role, discussing how their role is changing. Mm. So we're now giving you this leadership role, which means you will be responsible for these people. And here are some of the things that's going to involve, you know. And so I think when you set that out, I think it gives people an opportunity to say, I'm going to need a bit of help with this and this and this. You know, I can do the budgeting and the forecasting and the strat planning, but I'm going to need a bit of help with the people side potentially. Or it might be the other way. It might be I feel really comfortable with the people stuff, I need a bit of help with the other stuff. But I think by having that conversation and really laying it out, mm. you give them an opportunity too to say, I want to step up. And if you can see that they can't be that vulnerable at that point, if they're not able to say, I need that help, I think it's it's incumbent on us to actually say, here are the areas I think you need yes. to develop. Yep. I don't think we need to wait for our new leaders to point that out. I think sometimes they don't know what they don't know. Absolutely, of course they don't. And I think yeah. sometimes they might be concerned about saying that they're yeah. not, you know, quite ready for this or they're, they're lacking. Yeah. But it's our role to say we don't expect you to have all of these skills yet. We know yeah. that this is new and, and that we need to help you get these skills. Where do you think you want to start? At least yes. opening that conversation because, and I see this happening particularly, I guess, consultancy-type businesses, like I'm thinking of accounting mm. firms where they step people into leadership roles through this kind of progression of junior to intermediate and their only measure is we're going to reduce your billable hours by 5% to give you time to be a leader. That's that's, the, that's yes. it. That's all they get. Yes. Um, sure. What does that mean? What does that look like? Mm. I've still got to bill 70% of my time, if not 80%. Um, is that enough time to effectively lead people? They just They're just totally lost as to what that means for them and I think that is why some industries are not particularly great at developing leaders. I think that's true and I've seen that even in the manufacturing industry or um, and I've seen it in the building construction industry mm. it's this sort of well we're going to take you off the tools for 20 percent of the time yeah as though that's somehow the answer to this yeah you know, well, we're what do I do you... with that time like, yeah what does that mean <laughs> what am I supposed to do yeah. yes exactly yeah. yeah definitely and I think one of the other things we can do is set up some kind of buddy or mentor or coach relationship yes. for that person mm. to have someone to go to when they're stuck because a course can teach us everything but it doesn't tell us what to do in that moment when we've got a confrontation to deal with or we don't know which direction to go mm. in and it doesn't have to be someone from inside the business it could be someone external but having that connection point I think for someone to know that they can go to this person there's no judgment um, you know it could be regular meetings or it could be just ad hoc on call support but knowing that there is someone at the end of the phone yeah. or around the corner that they can say I'm struggling with this. Can I talk through it with you? Can I get your input? Whatever it might be. I think, yeah, two things I think 
around that. One is it shouldn't be the person they report to. Yes, that's true. That's a really good point, yeah. I think it needs to be somebody away from that structure. But the other thing is if you're bringing up a couple of leaders at the same time, giving them time to buddy up and learn together can be really useful too. Yeah. So you create a bit of a peer group where they they then start bouncing off each other and sharing experiences, um, which I don't think replaces having a mentor who's more senior. I think that's a fantastic idea. Mm. And I think the more we can create those relationships, the more it helps people grow themselves as a person, grow their confidence and their skills and their effectiveness as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've, um, we've gotten really bad at this, I think, and I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's just a timing issue, a generational issue, but we're not really great anymore at having these embedded knowledge sharing kind of relationships in the workplace anymore. I think they are forgotten a little bit in lieu of more formal education, um, but I think they're so valuable from someone within the organisation or externally being able to impart knowledge, experience, life skills onto someone, you know, less further along in their career, that's so valuable. I think we underestimate the value of that. I think it also gets lost in productivity. <laughs> yes. You know, I think we're so focused on getting productivity up that we forget that sometimes there's real productivity gains to be made in these informal conversations, in these yes. relationships that we build where information is shared, confidence is built, where people are getting that advice mm -hmm. and increasing their effectiveness but it's not in a formal sense yeah it's in a can I just run something past you kind yeah. of way yeah, or I, did, I saw that. yeah or I saw how that that whole thing melted down in the meeting yesterday can I give you a bit of advice yes you know that sort of stuff I think that all gets lost because we're so busy and now of course we're virtual for so much of what we do mm. I think that becomes even harder yes yeah, I think we're going to make conscious so, effort to to create mm. those relationships and and value them. Um, I think you know we we've all had mentors, um, and yeah. I know the periods in my career when I've had a mentor compared to when I haven't, they put me on a very different trajectory. They, yes. you know, you know, there's lots of benefits to having those relationships, and I think we need to do better at, at creating those opportunities. Mm, I think so, and and as we we're saying, I think there's opportunities to do that internally in your organisation, no matter how small it is, mm -hmm. but also within your industry potentially uh, or a profession, whatever, you, wherever you're working. But also I think it's fine to go outside of that, to yes. give people different perspectives and bring those in I think is incredibly useful and powerful as well. Yeah, and you could do a swap between, mm. you know, if, you, if you're connected to someone who also runs their own business or in senior leadership role in a business that might be in a different industry, mm. you can say to them, hey, can you mentor one of my guys and I'll mentor one of your guys? And just yes. that reciprocal yeah. relationship. Yeah, fantastic idea. Yeah, it's, there's, there's no right or wrong yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But I think the more we can do to build peer relationships with new leaders as well, mm. the more we help and support them too. Yeah, totally true. They've got someone going along the same journey with them and they can share the frustrations and all of that, mm. you know, yeah. in real time. So, 
Yeah. Super valuable, I think. Totally. So let's recap. If we've got someone going into a new leadership role, we want to make sure that firstly they want this leadership responsibility. It's an important step Number that one. we forget. Yeah. We've got yes. to arm them with some skills, some resources, some knowledge, get them into, into a leadership course or give them some training and look mm-hmm. at how we can create these mentor-coach-type relationships. I think so, yes. Mm. Yeah. And then... There's a whole lot of other stuff that will flow from all of that that will help them succeed. Absolutely. Not Mm. rocket science. Three fundamentals and and you're good to go. Totally. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yay. Well, let's bring as many new leaders as we can up. I think that's, I mean, that is our role as leaders, isn't it, to build other leaders? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this episode and you've got a great idea about how you're developing your leaders or you've heard Mm. this and it's given you some inspiration, reach out to us. Our contact details are at the end of the episode. Let us know uh, because we'd actually love to hear uh, what you're doing. Yeah, Mm, absolutely. Because I think there's so many creative ways to do this. And I think as we build our businesses, more and more of these opportunities arise to bring people up um, and build them as we build our businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Fabulous. Yay, lovely to talk. Yes, absolutely. And we'll chat again next episode. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating, comment and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to recommend us to a friend. We also love hearing suggestions for topics or guest speakers that you would love to hear from. The best way to reach us to give us those suggestions is over on our Facebook page. Simply head to Facebook and search Grow Your Influence. See you there.